We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All or nothing all the time. Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 after dark show the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night and we are live welcome to the sunday evening edition of the field of 68 after dark here on sirius xm channel 84 that is the espnu station we're live on youtube please go hit that like button hit that subscribe button if that's where you are watching uh, we will be interacting with anybody that is jumping in the chat and asking us some questions there as well. My name is Rob Doster. I'm joined tonight by former Iowa State head coach Steve Prohm, as well as Wake Forest legend Randolph Childress. We are presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. We got a lot to talk about tonight, guys. We had a couple barn burners going on right now in the SEC. Arkansas is down by five late at home to LSU. Auburn just took the lead in overtime. Uh, against Mississippi State on the road. Rutgers in Indiana gave us a thriller, one of the best endings that we've seen in college basketball this season with plenty of bubble implications. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but we need to open up on the Big East. UConn went on the road and lost to a Creighton team, 64-62, that was missing their starting point guard, uh, Ryan Nemhard. Not the best result for my Huskies, but it was not something that I think was uh, – I don't think it's necessarily a backbreaker. So let's go to you first in this one, Prom. How big of a win is this for Creighton? They don't have their starting point guard, like I mentioned. Um, but this is, I mean, they needed this win. We were talking about it off air. This Creighton team, they're on the bubble right now. And this is the kind of win that can put you onto the right side of the bubble. Yeah, they. this was big. And I think they are, they're on the right side of the bubble for sure now. You got to sweep over Marquette. You got to sweep over Connecticut. And you beat Villanova. I mean, that's five legit, legit wins. And their youth was good again tonight. Now, obviously, Nemhard's a freshman, and, and you mentioned that he's out. But Hawkins, uh, Kaluma, and Calc uh, Brenner, you know, those guys were terrific tonight. And Hawkins, as a, as a senior leader, elder statesman on the group, you know, even though he's a transfer, terrific. And uh, they got off to a big, great start. And then, obviously, UConn's got some toughness and some grit to them, came back. And uh, it's a, creates a phenomenal place to play. So that environment tonight. I'm sure it was really, really good, but big, big win for Creighton for sure. RC, what'd you think? You know what? I, I, I've been saying this to you, and I know the averages talk about UConn having those three guys, but I've, I, I often check, I know you're a big UConn fan, and I shared that with you. Whenever they're in a close game, my concern from a guard perspective is who shows up besides RJ Cole. 
And I get all this flack about, oh, this guy averages this. this when they're in close games, I, I who is going to be that third guy? And I've said this. I know what the averages, the numbers tell me. I just want to know who's going to be that guy. And, I, and I'm concerned about that tonight. It's no different. Yeah, the, their issue is that they basically have one guy that can create on his own. And their other go-to guy, Adama Sonogo, is someone that can get taken away really easily yep. in the paint. Yep. And we saw Creighton do that for the second time uh, this season. Um, and it doesn't help when, you know, you got a seven-footer like Ryan Kalkbrenner out there on, on the defensive end of the floor. I, I do – I just want to circle back on, on the Jays really quick and, and make one more point before we talk a little bit about UConn. Um, this, this Creighton team is young and they have a lot of pieces. And, and I remember T.O. made this point uh, earlier this season on, on one of these shows is that when you are a year away, R.C., by the time you get to the end of that season, you're basically what you're going to be the next year, right? When you say right. you got a you got a lot of youth, you got a lot of inexperience. By the time you get to the end of that freshman year, you got to be ready to go. And it feels like this Creighton team, they may not have their star point guard, but that team was ready to go tonight. We always said if you're a freshman, when you hit sophomore, that second half of your conference play, you're you know you're is a freshman. You're a sophomore at that point. Like you're you've grown up, you've been battle tested, you've played in big games. You have an idea of what the league is going to be like, and it's just time to grow up. So you're right. As you get to this point, heading into March, it tells you you have an idea of where your squad is trending as far as the next year. And, and Trayton, I mean, Creighton is going to be, man, if they get everybody back, you know, I, I think there'll be a preseason top 25 team. Yeah, I agree. You agree, Prom? Yeah, I do. You know, I like this team, and they've just – they've gotten better all year long. Obviously, early in the year, you know, you got young guys. You're going to take – take some growing pains, have some growing pains. But if you're third place, we said this all fair. If you're third place in the big East, I mean, what are we talking about the bubble? I mean, that, that's, I mean, that come on now. They're third place. They've won 11 games right now, I believe yeah. in the big East 11. And we're saying we, people have them as a last four in or a first four out or possible, you know, you know, last four buys or whatever it may be. They they're deserving an NCAA tournament bid for sure. Yeah, I think they locked know, it up after this one, right? I mean, they're just with 12, they're 12 and six in the Big East. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm is wondering it 12, who's, who is has it 12 and now. six now. So, to, when, 12 and six. Yeah, you're 12 and six in the Big East, <laughs> and you're not, <laughs> I mean, you're not a 60. I mean, who's doing these? <laughs> who's doing these? I mean, if you want to know, if you want to know the reason Rackets. why, it's, it's because they're, yeah. they don't, their metrics aren't great. Yeah. They're they're in low 60s in the net. They're low 60s in Kempom. And those are the kind of metrics that a lot of these people value when it comes to where you get seated. Now, mm. for my understanding is that who gets into the tournament and who gets left out of the tournament does not have all that much to do with with the uh, with the number next to your name with the net and with the number next to your name with Kempom. It has a lot to do with where you get put into that bracket and where you get slotted and where you are seated. And because Creighton has uh, those numbers that aren't great, um, then they're probably going to end up kind of being on that 10 or 11 line. Now that said, picking wow. up another home win against UConn is going to be something that, that helps them and gives them a little bit of boost. Are you guys, uh, RC, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but are, are either of you worried about UConn kind of big picture when it comes to March? Like I, I've seen different people mention them as being a threat in, uh, in March and a threat in some of these settings. And I think a lot of that has to do with the pedigree this group has as someone that watches them every day. I, <laughs> I sit here, I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I get – I'm always pessimistic about the teams that I root for. I'm probably the worst fan on the planet. But it's uh, – <laughs> I, I watch them, and I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about a run here. I don't see them making out of the first weekend. I, 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 I think they're tough. I think they're well coached. But, again, uh, 
their Achilles heel all year has been, you know, who else is going to create on this team besides RJ Cole? Who else is they going to get the ball to and, and, and give him a bucket? Size inside bothers Sonogo a little, and he's not the biggest guy. He plays hard, his motor and all that. But I, I, I just, they've had a good year, no question about it. I'm not, I just, that has been my concern all year long in close games. Who else besides R.J. Cole is going to be able to step up and handle it? And, and I've had that question from the beginning, and I still have it now. And I don't think it's it, – it's, it, nothing that UConn has done has shown me anything to, to be, you know, overly – you know, like figure that they fix, they fix that. It's just my belief in how they are. I don't, you know, I don't know it's what else. It's who to say. they are. That's, yeah, that's what just, they are this year. You agree, Steve? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, whether it's a 6-11, 5-12, game, yeah, you know, that they, they, they obviously they'd be disappointed if they lost that first game, but can they win the second one? You know, uh that that may be tough on them to do that, but there's no question like Randolph said, man, Danny's got them established and and obviously uh laid a great foundation and they're headed in the right direction for sure. My my big thing, self-inflicted mistakes. Oh. Dumb turnovers, bad turnovers in transition, uh, not not being aware of where the help side is coming from, getting your pocket picked in the post, Dama Sonogo throwing a ball out of bounds, uh, Andre Jackson throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs at a, a center's head when he's running full speed and train. Like there's it's those little <laughs> things that 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 turn. If you do two or three of those things in a like a perfect example, they go on that 12 on run to open the second half, right? It's, they cut the lead 37-36. That crowd, 18,000 people in there, silent. Next two possessions, they have the ball. Next two possessions, turnover, easy layup. Uh, they get a bad shot at the basket, like a, a, a like 20 seconds left, runner at the rim, transition, layup the other way, come down, another turnover, and then they get foul, uh, Creighton gets fouled at the other end. So it, it's a quick 6 nothing run that just kills all the momentum you had, and it's those uh, simple mistakes that, that are just backbreakers. Um, all right, let's move on to – to Xavier and St. John's, because I think that this one is interesting to talk about for a lot of reasons. Uh, Xavier ended up losing 81 to 66. I think that that the final doesn't necessarily do justice to um, how how well St. John's played and how much they outplayed Arkansas in the spot. Uh, Xavier's now lost five in a row, RC, and seven of their last eight. They're 17 to 12 overall. They're 7 to 11 in the Big East, and they get Georgetown on the last day of the regular season like that are they at a point do they have to beat georgetown to get in the tournament or did, did we reach this point with xavier are they still in it i mean i i, it, <laughs> I mean I, I, it's like they tried their best to play themselves out of it like are they still in it if anything creighton has to be in it and and there should be they should be a bubble team i mean you have to be Georgetown. I mean, if you lose to Georgetown, you know, Georgetown is 0-17 in the league. Like, come on. You <laughs> lose to oh, Georgetown. They're 0-18 now. They lost to Seton uh, Hall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. They're 0-18. Like, you, you have – I mean, that, that. come on. Like, like that's just a – you know, that goes without saying. But, you know, I, I, I don't I, – I think – I don't know if they're in. I don't believe that they're in. They're not playing good unless you're going to tell me – I got no belief that they're going to show up in the Big East tournament and, and, and make this Georgetown run of a year ago and – and figure this out like I, I i don't see it i i don't think i don't think they have it in them nothing about them to show me that they're going to bounce back it looks like if i didn't know and if i was inside that locker room i would think something's happened that we're just not aware of there's something that's going on that is just this team is like imploded yeah i mean this is a trend with xavier uh travis lost six of his last eight in in 2020 they lost five of their last eight last season 
uh, and they've now lost seven of their last eight with uh, with one game left in the regular season here. Steve, what what happened with this group? I, I know you saw them in the preseason. I know, like most of us, you love them in the preseason. How, how did it go so wrong? Yeah, this was a big year. Obviously, a ton of guys back, a lot of experience back, starting with Scruggs, the front court that, uh, you know, had great players back, you know, uh, the addition of Nunji. Uh, Xavier is a tough, tough environment to win at. The Sintas Center is a great place to play. Uh, going into there in the fall, I thought they had a chance to have a really, really good team. You know, athletic, you know, could defend. Um, you know, when you look at it, you know, one of the things I looked at, you know, it's guard play and shooting. And sometimes, you know, is, you know, do you want to play small or do you want to play big? And uh, sometimes that can catch up with you a little bit. And you know, the problem is you got to be able to stop the bleeding in these leagues and these power five leagues and in conference play, you start playing good team after good team. You got to be able to have the leadership and the character and the resiliency to stop the bleeding and get a win that kind of, you know, instead of it's a five game losing streak, it's a three game losing streak. And now you, you cut it off. Um, but, you know, obviously they need to win against Georgetown uh, this weekend. And I think they probably need to go and win some at the garden. Uh, to kind of get back and get in everybody's good graces. But, um, you know, they probably should have been had opportunities to be a tournament team the last three years. And um, right now it's trending the other way. And you hate to see it because, you know, led by Paul Scruggs and those guys, it is a good basketball team or talented basketball team. Rob, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you something about that? Always. Let me ask you this. Do you believe, and it's just an honest question, you know, have the players – with that consistent trend, are the players just is is he wearing out his players? Is it uh, is it their style? Are they just I meaning? Are they just like <laughs> look? They had a, are they? I don't like using the word quit on them, but has he won on his players? Is it a certain style? I like I I don't, I don't know. It's is that. Travis Steele's wearing them. What do you think it is? I, I don't think it's that because he I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to wear you out, right? Like he's not – I don't think he's quite wired the same way as like a Danny Hurley is, right? Gotcha. Like I don't think that he's, he's, he's on him like that. My take is that they kind of do what they do, and then when you get figured out in league play, they don't have that next thing that they can do, right? Like it's very easy to kind of – I think they have to play Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle together, right? Those are two of your probably three best players but neither of them are guarding anybody on the perimeter. Neither of them are really rim protectors. And when you have these guys out there that aren't really going to guard and aren't really going to be all that physical in the paint, it kind of limits what you can do. And yes, you can get creative offensively and you're going to win some games because people aren't going to know how to stop that. But once you got all that stuff on film and the coaches can sit there and break it down and one team figures it out, then everybody starts doing it. What are you going to do next? How are you going to counter it? And I think that's what's happened to them is they can do all of this stuff, but they don't have that counter when someone figures out what they're trying to do. We, a uh, couple of updates. We have Auburn um, is pulling away. They're up by 13. They're going to end up covering in overtime there. While Arkansas, they had Jalen Williams foul out and they are down by four with a minute and a half left here. I want to mm-hmm. ask you guys this. Um, if, if there's a consistent trend for teams struggling down the stretch, right? Like at what point mm-hmm. do you kind of say this, this isn't working? Travis Steele's part of the Xavier family. He's part of that coaching tree, Right. He's uh, he comes from a family that has quite a bit of money. And I think that that's something in athletic departments and COVID ages. That's, that's, that's a, a valuable thing. Um, what, at what point do you say this isn't working, right? Does he have to make the tournament? If he misses the tournament, is there any, cause he hasn't been to the tournament yet, right? Like, is there any threat of that here? At what point do you make that decision, RC? 
you know what? I think every case is different. And so the problem is you got to be, you let's be honest. I mean, Chris Mack had it going, mm-hmm. right? That was that, you know, so you follow that up with Chris Mack had them consistently in the tournament, even a nationally ranked program. And then, and, and we go back even like two or three weeks, Xavier was top 25. You know, this seemed like a foregone conclusion that they were going to make the tournament and then they're collapsing again. And he had to be cognizant of that. So I, again, they have to be Georgetown to have to get in, but that's the question you're going to ask because, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that in some later shows for all the, 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 the program or the universities that are saying, Hey, we're going to give everybody one more year. Once that blood circulates the water and the shock start coming, you're not going to get any recruits. And you had Paul Scruggs and these guys come back thinking this year was going to be so different. So now why would they come back? And are they going to transfer the later? This exactly. This was supposed to be the year that they finally something changed and it didn't change. So if that's the case, then, then, then I, I don't know if you're, if you're going to wait one more year and I, and I don't like calling for people's jobs in that manner. But again, if you're going to wait one more year, what's going to change? So if you're going to change the year from now, you might as well change it now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the way that I feel about it, which brings us to another coach that has gotten one more year in the Big East, and that's Patrick Ewing. And look, both of you guys are from the uh, the D.C. area. Both of you guys grew up uh, like around that that Georgetown program and in the area where that Georgetown program was uh, at their pinnacle. They are 6-23 this season. They've lost 19 straight games. They are 0-18 in the Big East. If they lose to Xavier this weekend, they are going to be the first team in Big East history to go 0-19 for the entire season. Today, uh, Athletic Director Lee Reed came out and and basically said, we're going to give Patrick Ewing at at least one more season. I'm assuming there's probably going to be some kind of change to his staff uh, that is required for that to happen. But uh, we talked about this a little bit before, RC. How... How difficult is that position that that the uh, the Georgetown administration is in at this point? Again, going back to what I just said, I, I, from judging from that, that's the way I took it. I took that statement as saying, one, and I said this to some friends, two, one or two things are going to happen. They're going to come into Pat's office and say, you got to make staff changes, a lot of changes in the office. And the other would be if Pat doesn't agree, then they may say, look, we got to make a change. I think that's the biggest thing that's going to happen with them. And if not, and Pat may decide, Hey, you know what? I don't want to be a part of what's going on. How I'm hurting the university is not going the way I want it. And he may resign, but there has to be major changes because you can't go winless in conference play I mean, and expect, and that's any level or any job. You just can't go winless in year five and expect a return. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. And that is his program. He's earned it. To the right. I think this is more of them giving him that right that we've talked about with so many other programs. We all we're old enough to know that he's he's built Georgetown. He's he's where it mm-hmm. all started. And this is a courtesy deal for him. And this is something that he has to really decide how much changes does he want to make? Because he may not be willing to make the changes. He may have to bring someone else and say, hey, let me fall back and just be the head coach and let you run it. Like, I don't know what his decisions are. But he has to be open and willing to say what I'm doing and working. Yeah, Pearl, let me ask you this. Um, how, how can the administration make that decision? Like, this is Patrick Ewing. Now, RC's right. Like, he, he is the guy. When you think about Georgetown <laughs> University, you think about Big John. And then you think about Patrick Ewing, like they are synonymous with that program. They developed that program. Allen Iverson is never a Hoya if Patrick Ewing isn't a Hoya, right? So how, 
I don't think that you can, how can you, I don't think you can fire him. I think you just, at some point you have to have a conversation and basically say, is this going the right way? Like, what do you do in that situation? If you were, if you were Lee Reed, how would you handle that? Yeah. I, I think what you're doing, what he's doing right now, I think, I mean, like we talked about a Randolph touched on it to where, like I grew up, man, 1985, Georgetown Villanova, man, I'm, I'm listening to it. It's a, it's pouring rain powers out. I got a handheld radio listening to Villanova Georgetown you know, an 85 national championship game, you know, Ewing in the real, t-shirt. Real quick, not to cut you off. You know what I was doing during that game? I was, <laughs> I was being born during nah. that game. <laughs> not kidding. It, I was born during that game. April Fool's Day, 1985. Serious? Yeah. I was wow. born during that game. My dad was, uh, was in the doghouse for, for weeks because he kept sneaking out of the delivery room to go watch the game <laughs> on the TV. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's, that's a great story. Um, Man, there's just so much history with Georgetown and really the old Big East. And so I think you have to let – I think you just have to sit down with Patrick and say, what's best for our university? What can I do to help you? If, this, if you really determine to get this figured out, what do we all collectively need to do to really make steps? And it's going to be baby steps, you, you know, but with the transfer portal and, and I don't know their roster well enough, you know, you can make some – you can make some, you know, gradual improvements and some pretty good improvements, but uh, in a quick period of time. I mean, you see it all the time now in college basketball. One year you're here, one year you're there. But, man, that's Pat Ewing. Man, that's Georgetown basketball, man. So much history, so much tradition. I mean, you, I can go on and on, man. You, 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 that Kembe, Reggie Williams, you know, Horace Brodnax. I mean, these guys, I mean, I, Michael Jackson. I mean, I grew up, I, I can tell you the whole starting five, you know. <laughs> like, I mean – I mean, it's it's uh, it's a it's a tough, tough situation for an athletic director, athletic director administration, um, because, you know, there's no one else more that probably wants that university to be up and thriving than Big Pat, you know, and because there's so many people invested in that university and that university has been so powerful and important and impactful to so many you know, those college basketball players, those student athletes that went through that program. And so it's a tough decision. And so it's not easy by any stretch. Yeah, 100%. Well, listen, we uh, we, we got to pay the bills here really quick. When we come back, uh, coming up next, it, it, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the SEC and how it went absolutely insane tonight. I think I might be out on Auburn, guys. I'm going to tell you why when we come back. Mm. These guys have been giving up. <clears throat> These guys have been right. giving up on Auburn the last couple of weeks, man. Man, I don't know they where this left from. and right. This freaking LSU Arkansas game is going down to the wire. It's nuts. It's I'm nuts, sitting here. Man. That's why I keep looking over. Like I can't yeah, I'm sitting here like it. this. I'm like I'm trying to pay attention to. to <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Patrick, you and yep, the same directors. Thing. Yep, what do you? Yep, I'm Steve, doing the yeah, same I'm, thing. I'm, like I'm with, over I'm with like... you, Steve. One hundred percent. Totally agree, pro. Uh, all right, Dave, we got any questions in the chat? Get in there, JD. All right, good job. I might have made a I might have made a nice little money line bet on Arkansas when it was uh, Rob it was like after plus your little seventy five. One minute after your minute stretch about UConn and 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 saying every single thing that happened, I'm like, man, can't you? You'll never be able to deny that you're not a UConn fan. I mean, like, oh, it's unbelievable, isn't he? It gives you I play mean, by play. You can tell he's I like, mean, there's no watching up multiple games. He is dialed in on the UConn. I, I mean, it's like. I mean, you do you do you watch Tate George's shot every day? I mean, you just I, go replay I carry, Tate George's I, shot. I, 
so here's the thing we did a we did a series last year called 60 30 second moments and I, i've known scott burrell for a long time he grew up in the town next to me uh and um <laughs> and i I spent I spent 15 minutes talking to him specifically about that play and everything about it. So I could pretty much tell you everything you need to know about that Tate George shot. 15. I can tell you everything you need to know about Kemba Walker's crossover when he made the made what, 10 seconds. Ball. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you guys next break. I'll give you guys a story about that. Five. Funny one. Here you go. And we are back. This is the field of 68. After dark, we are on Sirius XM channel 84, the ESPNU station. We're streaming live over on YouTube. Hit that like button, uh, jump in the chat, ask them some questions. We will be interacting with you guys and answering those questions uh, during the next break. Right now, it just happened, guys. Uh, Arkansas came from behind, landed a win when they played really bad at home against LSU. Eric Musselman is in the crowd. He's pointing to the <laughs> hog on his shirt. He's going nuts. He's doing the typical must stuff. Going uh, crazy. Yeah, look, I... I don't know how much of is it, how much of that is an act, how much of it is just must be and must. But I tell you what, man, he's got. I'm all in. Go hogs, woo pig, suey, RC. Uh, after watching this game, man, how are you concerned about Arkansas at all? Are you just, or, or you know, is this you won 14 out of 15? You, sometimes you're gonna play bad, and if you get a win when you play bad, it is what it is. You never apologize for winning, right? I mean, in, in LSU, we know he's defending. He is going, going crazy. He's in the crowds, man. He, he talking trash. He in the crowd with the fans. No, I mean they're 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 probably amongst the better teams. I mean they're probably the hottest team in the league, or in the country for that matter. I mean everyone else that we talked about <laughs> is coming off losses and kind of struggling. Where we're kind of like, oh, they're not playing their best basketball. And as we all know, it's about momentum. You got to build momentum in the postseason and heading into the conference tournament. We'll see if one of the, the Kentuckys or the Auburns can kind of resurrect and get themselves going in the right the right, right, right track. But right now, Arkansas is playing the best basketball in the SEC. That, them and probably Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Prom, what do you make of this? Why, why did they struggle tonight? Well, <clears throat> number one, I mean, LSU's a good basketball team. I mean, yeah. you're playing against a really good basketball team. And I mean, that's, that, that's the most know. coach answer we've ever gotten from pro. Yeah. <laughs> he goes in the press conference after. Yeah. You know, that's a really good basketball team. We just beat, they just beat Kennesaw state. I mean, I mean, that's what you, you got to say it though. You know, you have to say it. this program middle, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's the thing, you know, that's the funny thing is sometimes people on the outside evaluate there, there becomes a pressure not as much at the high major level, really the mid-major level. And, and I'll use an example. Murray State dropped in the polls three spots after beating Belmont by 35. But they only won at, at SEMO by two, right? But everybody expects them to win by 15. We don't think Arkansas played well today because it was a one, two-point possession. They had to fight. But, I'm, you know, you look at it as, hey, resilient, great come from behind. You hung in there. You're down three to five all night. And you make plays at the end. And, and now they have a chance still down to the last game of the regular season to win this year, the SEC championship. Now, I think Auburn still wins out and beats South Carolina on Saturday. But to win 14 out of 15 in the SEC? Think about where year. they were at the end of that run. Like, they, they had lost six out of seven. They lost to Hofstra at home when Hofstra's best player was not playing because of COVID issues. Uh, they were – 
they were at a point where like we're we weren't even thinking about them like let alone let alone sec like have a chance to win sec title like we're like this team i don't know if they can make the nit maybe this muscleman thing isn't going to work out that's what we were saying and they turned around they've won uh, 14 out of 15 now it's it's impressive i'll tell you this though they gotta they gotta figure out this uh this offensive re- or defensive rebounding situation. They got 22 offensive boards to an LSU team that isn't uh generally great on the offensive glass. So that's that's a problem. If I, I mean watching this game in and, and as someone that that may have had a little bit of action over at our friends uh, Bet River Sportsbook on this game, <laughs> watching them try to get stops and then force missed shots and then not be able to get any defensive rebounds was quite a tilting experience yeah so. i tell you the one thing and i know we talk about auburn everybody wants to talk about guard play guard play and everybody's jumping on these guards now from auburn man you really look at the last couple games and, and it made me think of it when you said it it's the glass though man they're getting pounded on the glass i mean it's the tennessee game was a 15 18 point i mean excuse me difference in, in, in rebound differential tonight it was the same thing you know mississippi state's got you know athletic strong tough front court but that's to me, that's as important, you know, as that guard play, man, that second, third chance points. Cause that can that what that's doing, that's slowing down the pace Auburn wants to play at. You know, they gotta get, they gotta get, they gotta rebound that first miss to be able to play in transition and get some easier opportunities for those guards. Yeah, to your point, I, I love Ken Palm for stuff like this because it can really kind of break it down in detail. Uh, Auburn is eighth nationally in defensive effective field goal percentage. They are 233rd nationally in defensive rebounding percentage, which means they force a lot of misses, but they're not getting, uh, they're not ending those possessions by getting the defensive rebound. So I do think that's a great point. And it's also a great segue. Look at that. Pro might as well be the host tonight. He's coaching and hosting RC. Um, <laughs> Auburn, Auburn was up 17 in the first half. They blew that lead. They were down by five in the second half. They came back, they forced OT, and they ended up winning. I don't even know. I think they won by 13. Yeah, they 13. won 81 68. In, uh, in overtime, is this just what Auburn is? Like, are, are they just going to be one of these teams where they go on runs, they give up runs, they go on runs? Uh, do we just have to kind of settle in for the fact that it's going to be a roller coaster anytime that you watch them play? I think it is because I think they make you play at their pace. And when they are hitting shots, then you got to keep up, right? They defend so well, you do miss shots. They're not a great rebounding team. Because sometimes because they play with small guards as well, they'll play with a three guard lineup and play with really small guards. You add Jabari at the four and Kessler at the five. I mean, that's where they're dependent on their rebounding. So, and again, they're playing more on the perimeter, switching and getting caught away from the basket a lot too. So, if they can keep their bigger guys inside, I think that'll sure up some of their rebounding. But they do defend and they're going to score, and you just don't know which guy's going to come tonight. So, if they can get if Green kind of if he gets going then I, I think they're just a tough out. Now, we know he's going to shoot him in or shoot him out, take some crazy shots, but that's who he is. That's part of what he does. And and I said, and, and he'll eventually, I think he'll be a guy that comes in and gives him a big push and help them win a game or two in, in, in March. Yeah, so we got Prom out here with the coach speaking. RC, yeah. RC defending guys to take bad shots. I, mean, I do. I love him. I love no, him. Living, I'm living, living up to the scouting is. reports, I, fellas. I, I am, man. Randolph will tell you this. <laughs> Randolph can tell you this. Him. As as a, as a really good guard, obviously Randolph was an elite guard. Do you want to play free from a standpoint of knowing, hey, man, coach, coach believes in me, he trusts me, I can I can take this shot. I'm just telling you, the good guards I've been fortunate to be around, and coach, and and you know, and work with, 
man, when they're playing free and loose and they ain't got to worry about that, I think it makes all the world, you know, because there's going to be, you're going to get emails, man, why you let them take those crazy shots? Why you let them take those crazy shots? And then there's going to be the night they go seven for nine in Allen Fieldhouse and get 30 and you win. And yep. you, you know, and so Bruce Pearl, you know, I heard it today on, on a radio show. Hey, defend, compete your tail off. And man, you got the offensive piece. I'll give you some freedom on that end. And Wendell, because of that, some of those three for nines, man, they're going to be six for nines. And when they're six for nines, you got no chance to beat Auburn. Yes. Yes. I, I do agree with that. I, it's just, I think we're seeing a lot more uh, two and nines and three and nines. I we're getting them out of system. We're getting them out of our system. Yeah. Right, right. We're getting them yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody. I mean, I, they've we, lost. We got... Think about it. Auburn's <laughs> lost three games in one of the best leagues in the country by five points, and everybody's ready to write them off. Yeah, I, I, kinda, like, I, I, I don't I get it. Like, like, like they're going to win yeah. the SEC. Here, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll frame it like this, Prom. I'm, I'm, I, there was a point in time where I thought they were the best team in college basketball, point blank, period. And I'm not there anymore. Now I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think, I, I think maybe a Final Four, but this is I, I, watching them and some of the decisions they make, especially late in games and close possessions. I'm like, they're going to get picked off in a close game in the second weekend. Now, I will say this, and I, I want both of you guys to weigh in here. Uh, we got about a minute before we got to get to break. They got the ball to Jabari down the stretch twice at the end of regulation, right, RC? I mean, you, you before we, we jumped on here and went live, you specifically pointed that out, and that, that's a big thing. He hit the shot that helped him get in an overtime, right? And they got it to him late. He was a little upset. They ran a play, and I thought he, he ended up getting it like the third time around. And, and again, if they do that, like I've said to you, 90% of the games they play, maybe all of them, he's the best player on the floor. And I think he's frustrated with that. He Like what I saw tonight, he's starting to embrace that. Like, look, man, give me the ball. Like all this close stuff, I'm going to run this ball screen. They switch, they don't switch. Let me get to my spots. Give me the ball. I got this. With the talent and the way they play, I'm good with that. I think that'll mm -hmm. go on up because I don't think there's many people that can line up when he gets it going, he gets to his spots. Nobody's stopping him from getting a good look at it. Yeah, you're not. He just has such such length and, and uh, such a high shot release. Um, listen, there were a ton of bubble teams in action tonight. We had Notre Dame losing to Florida State. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We had Iowa State losing to Oklahoma State. They scored 36 points in a 40-minute basketball game. We're going to talk about that. But coming up next, first and foremost, Ron Harper Jr. He may be the most clutch player in college basketball this season. You're clear. All right. Dagan, let's get to the chat. Let's get some questions in here. Let's do it. Um, I saw a question earlier. I forget who it's from. Uh, but what conference will get the most teams in the Sweet 16? Ooh, that's a good one. RC, putting you on the spot. SCC. Four? You think it's top four? I think they're going to get Auburn, Kentucky. And I think between – I like Tennessee. I, I think, think Tennessee, Arkansas, I, I, I think, I think, and I think Arkansas, Arkansas is playing too. hot, but I don't know. I worry about Arkansas, you know, come, come tournament time, but I, you know, between him and Alabama could be the other. Yeah. Pro. One minute. I was going to say SEC too. I just think the top four teams in the SEC, Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, Kentucky and Auburn. And then you got a wild card in Alabama and even LSU we saw tonight, mm -hmm. you know, can, can beat some people as well. But I think, you know, they'll probably get six in the SEC, maybe seven if Florida can beat Kentucky uh, this weekend. They have an outside chance still, I believe. But I would think the SEC. 
All right, Dave, you know, let's get one more. 30 seconds. Yep, let's do uh, another one. Quick reaction to Arizona's win last night against USC. Big. Man, I think, I think it shows how good they are. I mean, that was their moment of truth. Everybody's talking about losing to Colorado, losing to Colorado. Man, they just go kick Southern Cal's tail in Southern Cal and put themselves in a position to win a Pac-12 title. Who's playing better than them right now besides yeah. Arkansas? Yeah. There you go. We are live. It is the Field of 68 after dark. We are on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're streaming over on YouTube. If you're there, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We will be answering them during all of our commercial breaks. we got the afters coming up tonight as well. Notre Dame lost. That's going to be something painful for the bubble. Iowa State lost. I think they're kind of creeping towards the bubble. We talked a little bit about Creighton. We can bring them back up again if we need to. But we got to get into this Rutgers-Indiana game, man, because Rutgers, uh, for the people that didn't see it, it was a wild finish. We had a flagrant two. We had a punch thrown. We had a game-tying three with uh, with 11 seconds left, and we had a game-winning three from Ron Harper Jr. to give Rutgers the win on the road. Uh, they've now won at Indiana. They've won at Wisconsin. They've won a lot of games in their own building. They have six quadrant one wins. They have two quad three losses, a quad four loss. Pro, I know you're not a quadrants guy. Right, but you're you're an eye test guy, yeah. and I I can tell that you think that the team passed the eye test. I mean, come on, if Rutgers like, what else do they need to do? I mean, I I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I got it. Indiana, <laughs> Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, Purdue, and you can't go to the NCAA tournament. Come on, man, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, what kind of metric? How can you win all those games? And the metrics don't get you in the NCAA tournament. Oh, you, you want to know why? Because you do things like lose at home to Lafayette. Lafayette is nine and twenty in the Patriot League. That's why they lost. They lost at UMass. Nobody loses to UMass. Who loses to UMass? It's that I mean, that's that's the issue right Back there. Back in the eighties, a lot of teams lost to UMass. Yeah, that uh, John Calipari walked through that door. Marcus Camby, mid nineties, I mean, Camby's gone. Yeah. Like Camby ain't coming back. Lou Rowe, <laughs> Camby, yeah, yeah, they ain't know. coming back. Lou Rowe was a bad boy. Now yep. they can beat Rutgers. Can beat anybody I think in the country, but they could lose to anybody in the country. And 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 if they're gonna have to do some damage in the in, in, in the Big Ten tournament to to get in, I think they got to win a couple of games. You know, make it to the semis, make it to the final, something. They got to do something extra to get in. They got some really good wins, but again, they got some tough losses in there too. Yeah, I mean, the the reason why they're on the bubble, I've 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 made this point before, is is when it comes to getting into the tournament, we talk about this on the field of sixty fielding the sixty eight show, which is on Monday nights and Friday nights, six p.m. Eastern time, streaming right here on this YouTube channel. Uh, their issue is that um, they th- their metrics are just ugly. They're seventy first in Kempom, they're eighty first in the net. And those are the kind of things that are going to drag you down. Now, I will say this. Uh, the metrics are more geared towards where you get seated as opposed to whether or not you get in. I think the wins are what gets you in. Um, and I'll also say this. The, the worst stuff that Rutgers did this year all happened way back in November, even before no things. No question. And I, I think that that stuff needs to count. But I also think that you can take into account the fact that, like, Geo Baker didn't play against UMass. He was not himself in the loss um, at home against Lafayette. He did not play in the loss to Clemson. Like he was, he was out for a while and he was banged up for a while. So I think that needs to get taken into account. Um, I do think Rutgers needs to win, but they gotta be dancing, right? 
RC, they got to be dancing. I, after a win today is big, but I, I still think they got to win a couple of games in the Big East tournament. You know, right now you're leaving a lot to change because right now I think if another team gets hot and make a run, I think they can get pushed out. I just think mm -hmm. they're right there fighting to kind of get in. They need to, to stay in. I think they need to win a couple of games. Yeah, I mean, they got to beat Penn State at home and you probably need to lose to a tournament team in the Big Ten tournament. Big Where tournament. When, when's yeah. the last time a 12-8 and eight team in the Big Ten wouldn't go to the NCAA tournament if they beat Penn State? And Nebraska. I know they just started playing 20 games. Nebraska in 2000. Tim Miles last year? Is that, was uh, second, that Tim's last year? Second to last year. In 2000, I think it was 2019. Yeah. Right? They went – they had a really good year, and they they didn't – maybe it was 2018. But, but you know, sometimes the, sometimes the you, you can – because of the schedule, imbalanced schedule, those 12 wins may have been against six or eight – you know, six or eight teams you're supposed to beat. These teams – Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, they're top 20 teams. Yeah. How about how about Indiana, Prome? They are now 6-10 and 10 against the top two quadrants. They have one quadrant three loss, three uh, quadrant one wins, and they have beaten Purdue at home. They've beaten Ohio State at home, and they beat Notre Dame, who we're going to talk about in a second, on a neutral. Are they in for you? I think it's close now. I think if they'd have won today, I'd have thrown them in there for sure. Uh, because now they got a chance to at least be no worse than 500 in the league. I would still like to see them go win a game in the Big Ten tournament. But tonight, I think they still got work to do because of tonight. You know, Purdue, obviously, if they could go and beat their rival Purdue Saturday would be huge, but uh, people are probably going to pick Purdue in that one. But if they could go on to the conference tournament, I think they got to go get a good one there for sure. Randolph? I don't have them in. I don't think they can get in. They, I, I don't, and I don't believe they should with a below 500. If they're below 500 in, in conference play, I, I they can't. They, they can't. You got enough teams in the big, you know, the Big Ten to be ahead of them with Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue. You got Iowa. I mean, Ohio State's been struggling, but still, you know, I mean, even Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, like they're, you can't, they can't get in being below 500 in the Big Ten. Yeah, they were our first team out, Indiana, according to Fielding, yeah. the 68. And Rutgers was the third team out. So this was very much a uh, something of a de facto. I don't know if you could call it a playing game because there's still stuff left to uh, to be played this season. But both of these teams badly needed this win. Rutgers was able to get it on the road. It's been a, kind of a consistent thing with Indiana this year, um, losing games where they had a lead, blowing leads. This has not been the greatest um, start to a tenure for Mike Woodson. That's different conversation for a different day let's talk a little bit about notre dame rc you're an acc guy what's going on with these uh the, these fighting irish man uh, it didn't surprise me that they that florida state would give them trouble i thought from a matchup standpoint i just saw them play against georgia tech and and not that it was ever gonna be a threat that they were gonna win the game but they handled them pretty good i mean they beat georgia tech like they should I, I know Florida State style defensively could give them some trouble. Their length, their ability to, to, to switch and guard, but Jordan, Notre Dame, I mean, uh, Notre Dame was defending a little better, I thought. And, and the way Florida State struggles to score in the multiple ball handlers, I, I was shocked that they lost, but they still had a pretty good year all year. I think they're in. I, I don't think there's any question that they're in the tournament. Prom, you agree? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I like Notre Dame. I love Mike Bray and They've had a terrific year, and they've got a chance to go 15-5 and five in the ACC. 
<laughs> I mean, you go 15 and five in the ACC. I, I'm just, that's just the reality. Like you should be in the NCAA tournament. I know everybody says the ACC is down a little bit this year, uh, but those power five, they're all hard. All those leagues are good. You know, at the end of the day to go win and be win 75% of your games. My only question is like, if we're going to sit here and debate Indiana, Notre Dame, Rutgers, I think you should be evaluated on your best days, on your best moments, who you beat. And if you're comparing them to Rutgers, Notre Dame's best wins, Kentucky, Carolina, Virginia, Miami, and we just went over Rutgers. But I do. I think Notre Dame should get in for sure. I mean, they're going to finish second in the Big East at 15-5. and five. The second-place team in the ACC has got to play in the NCAA tournament. I just – I mean, Randolph would know a lot better than me on the history there, but I can't – you could never comprehend that. I couldn't. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think that they're cutting down the nets in Cameron right now? Do you think they are? Because with this loss for Notre yeah, Dame, it. Duke is now guaranteed to be the first time since 2006 Damn. that they've won the outright ACC regular season title. And I, look, I, I, I know ACC fans are going to say this to me. They're going to tweet at me. They're going to comment in the chat right now. Our, our conference champion is the ACC. Whatever. It's Duke. <laughs> it's their first ACC regular season yeah. title since 2006. Yeah. Right? That's, that is a crazy, crazy stat regardless of how – uh, you slice. I, I do want to ask you this, RC. Um, we got about a minute before we have to uh, take another quick break, but I think that <laughs> Florida State, if they can get some of their pieces back, could end up being a team that could be a real threat in the ACC tournament to uh, to put together, make a run, and steal a bid. Am I crazy? Yes, I think it's more Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I, 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 I so many injuries, so many guys in and out of the lineup. They were they were really hot at one time, but you know they they you know they played well tonight. Obviously, I thought it was more of a of a kryptonite to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. you know, to Notre Dame style of play. And and I you know I didn't see the game, but I'm pretty sure, you know, just just from watching some of the highlights and things that I've watched, I knew from what knowing the teams, the style of play was going to bother Notre Dame, the athleticism, the length being able to pressure them a little bit, and, and I'm not surprised. But I think if the team that could go on a run and, and, and still a bid because they're not in the tournament and they're, 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 I think they're officially out is Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech's best equipped to go on a run in the ACC tournament. Yeah, they got shooters. They're, they're dangerous. Uh, what well, We got about 15 seconds here. What, what happened with Florida State this year? Is it just a combination of, of youth and injuries and consistently losing guys? Uh, a year earlier than you expected because because you're sending them to the they've had back-to-back years where a guy come, came off their bench to be a top five pick how about that and i think some of it too was just the injuries of the guys but prior to the injuries they weren't scoring they weren't playing great you know i i think it's because they hadn't had the lottery picks that they've had in the years past you know they had lottery picks coming in off the bench in years past and i think matthew clearly <laughs> may maybe evolve into that one day but he's had a typical freshman type year well, listen, I, uh, I watched a little bit of first take today, right? And I realized that sometimes the best television is just people screaming at each other. So coming up next, we're going to play a game called State Your Take. I have four questions I'm going to ask these guys, and I'm going to put them on the spot, and they're going to have to have hot takes. It's going to be great. We'll be right back. Clear. We got any questions from the chat, Dagan? We do. David Bentley. Our guy here at the field of 68 Ooh. wants to know, is Coach K the ACC Coach of the Year? RC. 
a tough one. I, I'm, you know what? And I honestly, guys, I got to vote. I actually got to vote. And I, and I'm be honest with you. I'm split between a little bit of K with the young guys. I think Forbes done a great job. I think mm-hmm. coach L's done a great job. And I think Bray, because mm-hmm. he, I think he coached with his job on the line. I know they lost tonight, but like, like, as you know, that it's hard knowing that if I don't win this year, I'm fired. And you finish second in the league. Personally. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm like, my vote would be, I'm going to vote Bray, but I, it, it's been as tough as a race as I, I think it's ever been. You know who else deserves a mention here? Hubert. We all, we, we killed him. We killed him in the preseason or in, in Coach the, of the year right? voting. You will give him but, a, a, a nomination. Not, not in the ACC this year. I'm saying he deserves credit because he got 30 the second turn of the, they're second in the ACC. They beat Duke. They finished second in the ACC and we killed him, killed him in the preseason. They finished second in the ACC, a game behind Duke. You got to give him, you got to give him credit. If they win, if they win. If they yeah. don't. No, but, you're right. But are they really going to think it's Duke? tough? Because- 15. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you. No, but then they finish, but they're, then they're going to finish third. Be third. Finish, 10 seconds. Yeah. I mean, Extra Saturday night after that game, I think they play at five. Texas after the game. <laughs> five. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> and we are back. It is the field of 68 after dark. My name is Rob Dosser. I have Steve Prohm, Randolph Childress here with me. We are live on Sirius XM channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're live over on YouTube. We have the afters coming up after this. Uh, so jump in that chat. Hit us with questions. Hit that like button. We're not going to be answering questions unless we get to a certain number of likes. So uh, now we're going to play a game. It's called State Your Take. I'm going to put these guys on the spot. I'm going to make them have hot takes. Uh, We got four questions here. You guys are going to have a minute apiece to answer. Uh, We're going to start with this. Prom, I'm going to you first on this one. Who is the coach in college basketball that has the most to prove in March this year? Um. First of all, you know, it's obviously a blessing to play in March, but if I had to pick one, <laughs> there you know, goes with the coach. No, 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 no. There goes with uh, yeah. the coach speaking if, <laughs> if I had to pick one, um, and he's had a heck of a year battling COVID, I like his team a lot, but Kevin Willard, uh, you know, Seton Hall, he's been there, you know, really four times straight to the NCAA tournament, the COVID year, take that out, um, but hasn't, you know, only one time has moved past that second round, to the second round. And, uh, you know, not to the Sweet 16 yet, but he's got a team capable when they're healthy and together. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job at Seton Hall, but he's one that I would say, hey, you know, to move the, you know, move the needle in March, he'd be one I would pick. RC? I'm going to give you one. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I, 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 and I say it because if you're talking about a team that lost in the finals, if there ever was going to be a year that they're going to win it, it's this year. They have it all. They are as complete of a team that we know in this league. And the only way you're going to beat them is, is slow it down, you know, not let them get out and run. But still, I, I think that surprises them a little bit. I think the St. Mary's loss motivates them and gets them kind of dialed back in, or, you know, gets, gets their attention. But few needs this. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to have a better team than he has right now going forward. And, and I, I think they're favorite and they're favorite for a reason. I think they have all the pressure in the sense in the world that they need to finish. Not, not just win. They're going to win. They're going to be successful. But if he's ever going to win a national championship, this is the year. Yeah. I mean, they, you're the best to never do it until you're the guy that does it. Right. Um, right. I'm going to go. I'm going to take a little bit of a different <laughs> angle on this. And I'm going to say Ed Cooley. 
right? Ed Cooley has not, he's, he's done a great job developing this Providence team to the point where they won their first big East regular season title in the history of Providence basketball. That's, that's, that's impressive. He's going to win big East coach of the year. He's going to be in the mix for national coach of the year. He hasn't had all that much success in March either guys. And if he's going to do it, this is the team that is built to be able to go out and win close games. Uh, what do they say about March? It's survive in advance, right? Well, his team has been surviving and advancing for the last two months. Nobody's more prepared for this. Go out and prove it in March. I want to see him get it done. I would love nothing more than to see Ed Cooley find a way to make it to the Final Four, mostly because there may not be a more quotable human being on the planet than, uh, than Ed Cooley when he's in a good mood. All right, you guys ready for question number two? RC, you're getting this one first. What is the one matchup that you need to see happen at some point during the month of March? I want to see Arizona. And again, I want to see Arizona and Gonzaga. I think they're the two best teams in college basketball right now. And, and, and that's the matchup I want to see. I, I, I think of, I, I think we'll get the, I don't want to take you guys answer. So I, I was going to say SEC matchup that we've discussed in the past, but if I had to pick two teams now that I believe talent wise, and I think Arizona's playing as well as anyone else, I would love to see at some point in the final four or earlier, seeing Gonzaga and, and, and Arizona play. Mm-hmm. Pro. I was close to putting that down. I had Arizona and Gonzaga. I was close. I was close. But I want to see Arizona and the only, and, but I went different. I want Arizona and Baylor uh, and give, you know, if, you know, Baylor's the defending national champions. They've handled all the adversity this year. Incredible. Thomas played his best basketball last weekend against Kansas at home. Uh, hopefully LJ Cryer can get healthy. You know, they've changed style of play a little bit. They'll play five guards. They'll play small ball with four guards and Thamba, you know, but they're the national champs till they get beat. And I think Arizona's playing as good as anybody in the country. So Arizona, Baylor, a little bit of contrast in styles because that Baylor defense, if they can get Arizona in half court, will be will be tough to deal with. They call that the James Akinjo revenge game, bro. Oh, and I didn't even think about that. That's right. And Akinjo, you know. Has There's a good narrative for you. Here's, yep. here's what I want to see. This is this is what I'm hoping for, right? The one of one of the ones that I was going to go with was uh, Gonzaga, Arizona in the title game. Mark Few, Tommy Lloyd, that whole that whole yeah. narrative, right? I got one better for you. National title game, Coach K, last game he's ever going to coach, going up against John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats with the national championship on the line. How good would that be? How good would that be? Yeah. You got the two biggest names in the sport, the two biggest brands in the sport, the single biggest storyline that's going to completely overshadow everything else in this tournament, and the guy that is the perfect arch-villain to spoil a moment like that. It would be too good. Too good not to happen. If if the NCAA tournament was uh, rigged the way that the NBA playoffs are, then we know that that would be what the national title game is. Um, all right, uh, Pro, I'm going to you on this. Give me a player that can pull a Shabazz or a Kemba Walker and throw the team on his back carry them to a national title? Man, when you asked that question, I wrote down several guys. Um, but several, I'm going to – huh? I, I did. I mean, I, I've got five down here, and I, and I could say either one of pick them. Pick one. Pick one. You got to pick one. Got to give I'm going to go Drew, Drew Timmy. Drew okay. Timmy. You know, I think he's older. He's experienced. He's been through it. He understands the pain of the national championship loss. And he can really, really score that ball around the block. And Gonzaga does a great job getting to it. So I'm going to go Drew Timmy. RC, what do you got? Johnny Davis. 
I'm going with Johnny Davis. I, 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 I've just been so impressed with him. Even when he came out the gates early this year, I was like, ah, I don't know if he got another guy that he can depend on. It doesn't matter. He has carried these guys. He's put them on his back. You know you, you got to stop him. You can't stop him. He's my player of the year, you know, and, and, and I think he's the guy that's capable of going on one of those Kimball Walker-type runs. All right. I am going to go with J.D. Note from Arkansas. I just feel like mm. he, with the way that they defend and the way that Muss kind of runs his offense, he just goes and finds a mismatch and gives it to one guy and lets him go win. We just saw him go for 30 and eight against, uh, against this Kentucky team um, over the weekend. So I think that he's the kind of guy that can go out and take, uh, take a game over, win a game all by himself. Um, all right. Last one I got for you guys the player that you think can pull a Dante DiVincenzo, meaning they can go from not really in the NBA draft picture to being a projected lottery pick with a big NCAA tournament run. RC, I'm going to you first. Ooh. I, that is a tough one. I'm a, I, I don't know who that guy would be. All right, let's go pro while you No, no, I, I go, I go I, I, Alondis Williams. Okay, there you go. That's a good one. I think Alondis like Williams. It. I think Alondis Williams is a guy that can go on a run here that would elevate himself. You know, he would if be he gets hot, if he if he goes like six for nine in in a couple of these NCAA tournament games, because that's the question we talked about this. Yeah, can he be a great shooter? Prom, who do you have? Uh, I did have Alondis down in my to pick from, but I would go Christian Braun at Kansas, and he may be he you know he may be on some boards. <laughs> um. But I'm telling you, man, that kid's a good player, man. He is good. He's athletic. He's tough. He rebounds as a guard. He can make big shots. He really understands how to play. And he's been coached really well by Bill Self. Uh, I would go Christian Braun. So we had uh, we had Ryan Daly on here from St. Joe's who played against Kansas at that uh, the event in Fort Myers last year. And he said that he was going up against Christian Brown. And Christian hit four threes on him in a row in the first half. And he said he started talking shit to him the rest of the half, but he couldn't understand him because he had such a country accent. So he's sitting there and he's just jabbering at him. He's like, what are you, what are you, what are you saying here, man? I, I, I don't get it. Oh man. Christian Brown was mine. Um, I'll go with, uh, Oh, I don't know. This is tough now. Uh, you know what I'll do? I'll go with Colin Gillespie. I think that Colin Gillespie is the kind of guy where um, I think, I think Villanova can get to a final four things break right for him. I think Colin Gillespie is the kind of guy that can turn himself into that quintessential Backup point guard, Fred Van Vliet, TJ McConnell kind of a guy. Um, he's just, I mean, he's so smart. He's so heady. He gets done. Is that crazy? You guys think he could play in the NBA? I, I do. I do. I mean, man, winner. Right. He wins. I think man. he's a winner. I think he's he a winner. Wins. I think he's tough. I think he's a winner. He got good size and he can shoot it. There's a role. It's kind of like what we talked about with Alondis. I think there's a role for a guy like that, a bigger guard, athletic. You can't speed him up. Secondary ball handler you know, that allows you to play with a bigger, you know, with a bigger lineup in your, in your, in your second. And especially now you got two way contracts where you can send right. them up, down and work with them. I, I think yep. it really opens the yeah. doors for guys like Colin Gillespie to get in there. Yep. He'll make some money playing in the NBA, but listen, this has been the field of 68 after dark. It was another wild night in college basketball. Buckle up. It's March. It's here for Steve Prohm, for Randolph Childress. My name was Rob Doster. Come join us on the actors. And you're clear. All right. Chat, give us some uh give us some questions and hit that like button, guys. Come on, we're only at 29 likes. We got 200 people watching here. Hit that like button. Come on. Give us some love. Give us some love. <laughs>
Dagan, we got any questions? Uh, yeah, I saw one in here that I think would be good to kind of go over talking about some of these players. Um, who do you guys have on your first team All-American team if you had to go right now? Pick five guys. Who you got? You want me to go first? I could take this one first. I, I would go – I think the locks are Johnny Davis, um, Oscar Sheebway, and Kofi Coburn. I think once you get past those four, then we can start having conversations about who else you want to have on there. Uh, but I think it's those those or I'm sorry those three those three guys I think have to be on there. Um, Johnny Davis, Oscar Sheway, Kofi Coper. What about Abaji? I think I would have yeah, Abaji on there as well. Um, I, I think you try. can have a conversation about that, but I think you got it. I I would have Abaji on there um, as well. And then I think I mean look once you get past that, Keegan Murray needs to be in that conversation. JD Note needs to be in that conversation. Jabari Smith needs to be in that conversation. I think you can make the argument that Walker Kessler is the most valuable player on Auburn because of what he does defensively. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, he's got to be in that conversation. There's Drew so Timmy. many more to Drew Timmy. Yeah, he's got to be in that conversation. Um, there's there's so many guys. I mean, Hunter Dickinson is having a great year. Um, that that and it's kind of gone under the radar. So what about uh, Jay Nivey? Jay Nivey or no? He's there. I would probably have him second or third team just because I, I don't think he's the focal point for what Purdue does. Right. Yeah. But am I, am I off there? Do you, is there someone else that you guys would lock? No, in? no. Yeah. I, we had the same four. I think, yeah. and I'm like you, the fifth one is just kind of how we feel. You know, I had, I, I would throw the same. It would be Johnny, Johnny, Oscar, you know, Kofi and Abaji. That's why I said Abaji. And then fifth guy is kind of like just a personal preference. I think it'll be all right. Who's winning? Who's what? Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of factor all those other things in. But yeah, I thought it was a big moment definitely. in a tournament right, or something. Who right. has a big shot? Um, right. There's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent at the top of the sport, man. It's been a fun uh, a fun league there. Before we move on, uh, Dagan, um, can I? I just got a question for you, real quick. Let me guess. What's more important than peace of mind? Absolutely nothing. nothing. Nothing is more important than peace of mind. That's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything that you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection. Plans start at just under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day Money back guarantee. Dagan, what else do we have in the chat? What are Villanova and Providence's ceilings for seeding if they win the Big East tournament? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think that both of them cap out around that two seed line. You guys agree? I agree. I agree. I think Villanova, I don't think they can get to a one. I don't think Providence, but if they win it, two. I think I so. Think two or three. Yeah, I think it would be easier for um, for Villanova to get up to the two-seed line just because – prone, earmuffs, because of their metrics and the numbers that they have. Uh, they're just they're, – Earmuffs, they're great movie. Yeah. <laughs> great movie. <laughs> great movie. Uh, Dagan, what else we got? Look at Vince Vaughn here. <laughs> AD for the W wants to know, did I already miss them confirming Indiana isn't in the tournament? Uh, yeah, Randolph now, said that about 11.45 Eastern. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm off Indiana. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, they fuck, man. You got, I, I, I know that it's not supposed to be now they've ch- they changed it. So it's not supposed to take into account what you've done the last 10 games, what you've done the last 12 games, something that happens at the start of the season should count as much as what happens at the end of the season. It's what it is for every other sport, right? A win is a win, a loss is a loss. But I just, I would much rather see the teams that win down the stretch and like play their way in as opposed to seeing these teams that are just so bad late in the year and are propped up by the fact that they have some decent wins because they happen to play in a power league. I'm looking at you, Xavier. I'm looking at you, Indiana. Well, you could come make the comparison and, and like you're saying, but I know football, like, you know, Utah football this year. I mean, they, I think they started like one and two, won their last eight or nine. I mean, it takes some time. I mean, Randolph knows this to, to build your roster, to get your chemistry right, to figure out roles for some of these teams. And, you know, January, February should be big key, key months for these teams. Yeah, but I, I also understand the other side of it, right? Yeah, like no one, question. No question. A good win's a good win, November or, or, or February, you know. But I'm what I, that's why I said it should be more about the wins than the bad losses, you know, that happen maybe in a November or December. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. I want to know who you can beat. Who you, who are you when you're at your best? Not what you are when you're at the, the median. Um, Dagan, what else? Uh, Pac-12 player of the year. Rick wants to know that. Pac-12 player of the year. Um, I'm not sure. That's a good one. Could it be Matherin? Who, who I was going to say Matherin would be. Say again, Rob. Would you say who Rick think it is? He doesn't say anybody. He's just asking. It's yeah, I would say Matherin. I mean, he's a, you know. He's probably the best player on the best team. Best player on the best team. It feels and like they clear, you know, they're, they're, they're two games up too. I mean, it's, yeah, they were kind of running away with it now. It looks like it yeah, feels I mean, like it just feels like they're playing so much better than everyone else in the league. They, they locked it in with, uh, with the win over, um, USC. So they're, they're up three games and they have two left to play. The way Goodman talks, maybe you give it to, uh, Kerr, you know, Creasa, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> I mean, just for the interview, but yeah, I mean, Terrell know, Brown's Matthew. he's put up huge, huge numbers for Washington, but I think you got to yeah, win can. to be able to be in that yeah. mix. And Isaiah Mobley, I guess, um, UCLA doesn't really have a guy like it's probably got to be Matherin, I think. I think it has to be, yeah, just because they're winning. What else we got, Dagan? Can Duke get a one seed? And just for you guys, um, feeling the 68 has Duke as the third two seed right now yeah as of as absolutely. of today i think they absolutely can if they think, they go ahead rc i'm sorry no i didn't say anything i just yeah. was agreeing with you i didn't say anything i i think they can i think they'll win the acc tournament and then depending on the other leagues i mean kentucky can't win kentucky or auburn what both of them can't win it you know there's going to be some slippage there so if baylor doesn't win out kansas doesn't win the big 12 i mean i think that they could get a one seat yeah, they are behind on our list. Uh, Gonzaga, Arizona, I think, are probably locked in. Then Baylor, Kansas, mm-hmm. Auburn, Kentucky. So it's going to have to take some losses, right, Pro? Like some of those teams are from, we're going to have to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big week. You know, Kansas and Baylor are really on pace, you would think, to split the championship, be co champions. Kansas got a big one tomorrow night. The tough thing for Kansas, they got to play three games in six days and then go right to the Big 12 tournament. So, 
you know, because of the COVID makeup, I believe it was, you know, with TCU. Poor Kansas, huh? Ne- they never get any breaks. They never get any calls. It just it, it's always, it's always not bad. in Allen Fieldhouse. They don't. I <laughs> uh, mean, they're coming off back-to-back losses. They lost two games in the, the last. Yeah, when's the last time that happened? Back-to-back conference losses. I wonder. Uh, I'll check. They lost uh, back-to-back. They lost three in a row last year. Did they? Oklahoma State away, Baylor away, uh, Oklahoma away. So, yeah. Dagan, what else we got? I have a question for you guys from, from okay. Dagan. Um, who do you guys think can be – I think we talked a little bit about this before the show. I can't remember. It felt so long that we talked about this. But who is a team that you think can be a bid stealer this year? In – and well, take I, any, any league, it can be any, any, any league, power five league, I prefer, you know, obviously is where we'll probably start. I, I, I'd say Virginia Tech. I think if Virginia, Virginia Tech's Tech. a good enough team to kind of, that, that, that can make a run, they'd be the one that's out. I think they're out. They're not in a, they're not in the tournament, but they got off to such a horrendous start and the metrics still love them. But I think they, when they lost that Carolina game, I thought they were done. You know, when we, when we were questioning Carolina's resumes, I questioned that with them. But I do think they're a team that could get hot in the ACC tournament and could, and could steal a bid. I got one for you. Oregon. You don't think? I don't think that they ha- they're going to get in that large. I'd throw Memphis or Dayton out there maybe. I don't know if Davidson's in. You know, if they – you know, obviously Davidson clinched the championship tonight or a share of it, but, you know, Dayton – I mean, they, they've, they've had a great year, uh, and they're more than capable of winning that conference tournament. And then Memphis is, without question, capable of winning their conference tournament. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got two more for you, Prome. You ready for these ones? Belmont and Moorhead State. Ain't think- happening. Prome's not going to like that, I was going to say. He's not yeah, going to like that. That ain't happening. I, I, think, I think both of them – I, I think Murray happen. State is in – I think Murray State could lose to, in the first round of the OBC, and they're in comfortably. Um, and that might uh, look if they lose and they fall to that 10 seed line, that might even be a beneficial thing for them making a run deep in. The yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather be 7 10, you know, 6 11. You know, even you, you know, you go to 11 to where you got three or two in that second game. You All know, right, I'm gonna, te- I'm gonna text Matt McMahon right now. Uh, Steve Prohm wants you to lose in the no, 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 no. I, I, I'm just saying, I that's what the seeding that's where I want him seated. So he can, hey, I got six seed, and then I got three seed. And you know sometimes that 14 beats a three, and now they on to the Sweet 16. They're good, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm, they're good. Yeah, the last thing I'll add is that I would not be surprised to see something weird happen in um, the Mountain West. Uh, UNLV's been playing much better. Fresno and, State's a good team. And they may – Fresno State may have the best player in the league. Yeah. To where he could he could put you on his back for three days, but those you know UNLV you said they're playing really good. I'll I'll give you another I'll give you another one from behind the scenes. Watch out for the Conference USA. North Texas could make it in as an at large. That could be interesting. Yep, it depends on who they lose to, right? Like they'd have to probably have to lose to UAB. Yeah, I'd imagine I'd imagine it'd be UAB that would would steal it, but that's just something to look out for. Yep. Uh, what else we got, Dagan? Anything else? Um, yeah, we have a couple questions in here. Coach of the Year, Barry, we kind of covered that with. Um, Keep hitting that like button, guys, if you're here. Yes. Keep hitting that like button. Hit the, hit the like button. Mid-major to make a deep run. 
That's kind of on the, on the basis we're going on. I obviously know Murray State's going to be on that list. Or Texas could be on that list. Outside of those two, give me someone else that, that you guys think could make a run. Um, Towson's been on fire recently. Didn't they win? I think they've won like 13 of their last 14 games, something like that. Pat Gary got the thing going. Uh, here, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. What do you guys have for, for other? I'll say majors? Colorado State or Wyoming. Chattanooga or Furman, I think, if you're going – if you're really, you know, going that true mid-major, the one – I think one of those two will win that conference tournament. I think they're both capable of, you know, winning the game. And then I think Toledo, you know, if they win the MAC, I think they got a chance. You know, I, I got the, I got the answer. I got the right answer. We we we, we all got them wrong. With I'm about the say, I, I, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Yeah, Iona's the Yeah, they're going to say it's Iona. <laughs> it's Iona. I'll throw this one out there. I, I think we forget about this – that – had some injuries early on, but when they've had fully, when they've had their full roster, been a tough out. It's been VCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean VCU is somebody I think that that's deserving of a of a bid, and I don't know if they're in yet, but I think they got the resume to. Yeah, to this is one of the few game. years you look at the A10, and it's really only kind of on one team right now. You know, you got Davidson. You know, yeah. I think that they're just counting in the tournament right now as the as the champion. But right. VCU's had a terrific year. I mean, they've only got three conference losses, and then Dayton's right behind them. And, yep. you know, St. Bonaventure got so much hype in the preseason, yes. and, and, and deservedly so. Uh, and then St. Louis has had a really good year. I mean, A-10's a terrific league. Yeah. The, so, I think – correct me if I'm wrong, Dagan. We have VCU in as an at-large right now. Yes. Davidson right? Davidson right now sits in fielding the sixth seed as a nine seed. And VCU is last is the fourth to last team in, so the safest in yeah. the last four. Yeah, they've won. I think they've won eleven out of twelve. Uh, yeah. Lucas Harkins got to give him the shout out for that one. He's he's been all over the VCU uh, bandwagon, so that's a good call. Where does uh, he have Rutgers? <laughs> he has. Them. Where's he got my Rutgers Scarlet Knights? Before yeah. before today's game, they were out. Yeah. Everybody had them out. So yeah, first first team uh, out, right, or third team out, whatever. Third, it was. third team be, out. I'm sure that'll change Friday. They'll be in Friday. We got anything else, Dagan? Um, let's do one more. And I got to scroll through all the teams that we just we just talked oh, about. Oh, can I give you one more mid-major that can make a run? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Is uh, Northern Iowa, A.J. Green. That dude could play. Yeah. yeah. That dude could He, he could carry in a game. I mean, what do you have the other night in a championship to win the league? 35, 36? Yeah, he, he went nuts. He went nuts. He I think whoever wins, that, whoever wins that conference tournament, you know they're always going to be a tough out. I mean, whether it's Northern Iowa, Loyola, Missouri State, Drake, that first-round matchup that they have in their 11-12 seed, they're going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. All right, here's my final question for you guys, Now, I'll let you do your three cheers. What is Arkansas's seeding ceiling? Uh, let, me, let me look at their – They're right now, right now they're at a four. So I think – I mean, if they, if they win the SEC tournament title, they'll probably have to beat – Two of Kentucky, Auburn, and, and uh, Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee to get there. I, I, if they do that, I think they can get a two, right? Yeah, I think I was gonna say a two because they're gonna have to beat teams that we're talking with one seeds and two seeds, and they're gonna have to beat at least two of them and they, to win the ACC. I mean, the SEC title. Especially if they beat Tennessee this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you. I mean, and they go win that SEC tournament. Shoot, they'd definitely be a two seed. Yep. And deserving of it. I mean, that shoot, right. that's that's 18 out of 19. Yep. All right. Three cheers, Dagan. Let's do it.
All right, I'm going to go to you first on this one, Pro. Uh, Davidson, uh, to Bob McKillop, 810 champions, uh, big win tonight against George Mason to clinch a sh- at least to share the uh, 810 championship. And uh, congrats to those guys. RC? I'm going to go with Musselman and the Razorbacks. I mean, 14 out of 15 games tonight, played at home, didn't play well, beat a tough-minded defensive LSU team, you know, and he went and celebrated Cheers with the, the fans in the crowd. He loves the celebrations. Yeah. He kept he kept his shirt on though. Was, uh, you know, normally he's going he's he's taking that shirt off to jump. Randolph had uh, a little coach talk there, talking about LSU discipline, tough. You know, yeah, physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. I like them. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. a good they're they're a good team. You know, they're yeah. a good team. Um, I'm going I'm going off the radar for this one. Uh, I'm going with Tajay Kelly. Do you guys know who Tajay Kelly is? We're about to. Tajay Kelly is a freshman forward for the Charleston Southern Buccaneers. Charleston Southern went 5-24 and 24 this season. They were 1-15 in the Big South. Today was the first day of the Big South tournament. They played in the second game in the afternoon. It was a 2 o'clock tip against UNC Asheville. Uh, they were down by double digits in the second half. They come all the way back. The score is 78-77 to 77, uh, with, with six seconds left on the clock. Charleston Southern pushes the ball up. Shot goes up from the corner. It's an air ball. But guess who's there to put it back in? Tajay Kelly, tip in at the buzzer. Game winner. Charleston Southern wins their second Big 12 Conference game of the season, their sixth game of the season. And Tajay Kelly finished with 24 and 7. So shout out to him. Cheers to you, the first true buzzer beater of March Madness. You got to love it. That's what we're here for. That's why we love this sport. Uh, We will be back again tomorrow night, 11 p.m. I don't know who's on. I think I am. Maybe Fancy too. Maybe somebody else. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, tomorrow morning when I look at the schedule. So for Steve Pro, for Randolph Childress, for our producer, Dagan Hughes, my name is Rob Doster. Thanks for being here.